Democrats on the House Homeland Security Committee are out with a sweeping bill that would make all kinds of organizational changes in DHS leadership. Now, many of these proposals go back for years, and they'll figure in the Biden administration calculus as it tries to stabilize DHS after years of executive vacancies. For insight on the proposals and what the incoming DHS secretary faces in the new administration, Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco spoke with former DHS Undersecretary for Management, now the president of the Homeland Security and Defense Business Council, Rafael Boris. My first thought when I saw this bill was something that I was told and then have repeated for many, many years, decades, and that is uh, that you can't legislate leadership. There's a, uh, a lot here in this in this bill that attempts to either modify or require certain activities legislatively that, in effect, are requiring individuals who've been placed in positions of leadership to perform. And my general feeling is you can't legislate leadership. You have to identify and get confirmed the right people with the right skill sets and hold them accountable. And I think what, what is missing in DHS is that accountability. There are a lot of people that have mentioned in this bill, chief human capital officers, they talk about PARM, they talk a lot about the USM and the USM's authorities. And um, some of these, I would say, that are already embedded in their job description. Uh, For example, uh, to modify the chief human capital officer's responsibilities to include leadership development, employment, engagement. My feeling is, you know, that, that's a requirement of the chief human capital officer. It's already there. We just have to hold these individuals accountable for uh, meeting these responsibilities. There's been a lot of conversation in the last year about DHS and its mission. You know, various think tanks, now a group of House Democrats, have suggested that DHS hasn't really been able to respond to emerging threats and challenges so first, you know, what do you think of that? And, and second, what kind of role does this next administration play in parsing through some of those ideas? Coming at the outset of an uh, incoming administration, we have a DHS secretary nominee. I believe that individual who has experience in the department, again, needs to be given the challenge to take a look at the department. Look, the department is 17 years old, and there is a constant need in domestic security organizations to constantly assess uh, whether or not their activities, uh, both programmatically and from a management standpoint, are, are effective. And we should be requiring, uh, through the nomination process, that the incoming secretary be given the time to make that assessment and come back with a series of recommendations that uh, he, if confirmed, and his team confirmed as well, will begin to lay out a plan to begin to bring change to the organization. You know, it's very difficult, again, just to legislate a series of requirements and mandates without giving the leadership of the department the opportunity to make that assessment. And I believe that should be the first step. Require the incoming secretary and his team, again, if confirmed, to make an assessment and determine whether or not they're both procedural organizational and statutory change requirements that will enhance the Department of Homeland Security and address some of the root causes in the department. Certainly a big expectation would be the employee morale being a big issue. So that to me is sort of the first step. 
I want to ask you about two proposals that have been part of the DHS conversation and are a part of this bill from the House Democrats. First is the idea of creating a new assistant secretary position to oversee all DHS law enforcement components. Is something like that necessary? You know, it is a law enforcement organization, and there's certainly a need to effectively manage the critical operation of the department. The question is, you know, how best do you do that? And, you know, I would argue that, you know, you do that by by Congress and the secretary of the department holding the individuals who are confirmed into those leadership positions, you know, hold them account to account for the effective management, the coordination and the collaboration within the department. In my view, imposing an additional layer of management, which, you know, there isn't sufficient detail in this bill for me to really understand what that individual's job will be. Are they more of a super coordinator? Are they really a director of uh, activities and programmatic you know, intent? Can they sanction those uh, component heads? You know, where does that authority, you know, certainly begin and where does it end? And I don't believe this bill does a good enough job of doing that. But again, I don't, I don't think those positions are necessary. The other proposal that we've heard about is this idea of making the undersecretary for management position a five-year term. Is a five-year term a good idea? This is not new. This was discussed probably before my time and certainly during my tenure. I was asked on a few occasions what I thought about that idea of uh, providing a term assignment for uh, this position. And uh, of course, you can't assume that uh, a single administration will always have two terms. So five years, uh, depending on when they're uh, brought in and confirmed, would definitely run into the situation where they can be uh, asked to perform these duties for two different uh, president administrations. And the power, if you will, the effectiveness of the undersecretary of management is that that individual, that position is viewed as an integral part of the leadership of the department. It is part of the secretary's team. I always felt when I was at the department that, well, you know, I had you know, two secretaries that firmly b- believed that getting the management part of the DHS right was important. It's what I was asked to do is what I was held accountable for is where I had to account for on a constant and consistent basis what I was doing and why and what were my plans and uh, how effective they were. And I did that not only within the department, but also to Congress and to the oversight bodies like the Inspector General and the GAO. So, you know, taking away by providing a term that would exceed potentially a single administration, you know, puts that, that individual in a sort of a different position of not really being responsible to the leadership of the department. I mean, sure they are, but they're, they can be viewed as not being a member of that team. And that, to me, was so important. I can tell you there was uh, so many important moments uh, during my tenure, for example, with Secretary Napolitano, where a whole host of things, even beyond management issues, where the undersecretary of management is brought in is sitting at the table, even in the component discussions at the highest level when policy is being discussed, to make sure that plans or operations had a sound management component to them. It was something I know that Secretary former Secretary Napolitano was very uh, keen on. In order to do that, in order to have that seat at the table, you have to be viewed as part of the secretary's team. I certainly you know, felt that uh, for both Secretary 
Napolitano in the brief time I worked with Secretary Johnson. And I think separating that position out, putting it in a different category of a, uh, a tenured, even though it's only five year, but a tenured position can and I think will affect the ability of that, um, that team to, to gel in a way that individual is accepted as part of a, the department's leadership. Raphael Boris, president and CEO of the Homeland Security and Defense Business Council, speaking with Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. Check out Nicole's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week. So patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. Love Target? Well, you're about to love it even more. With Target Red Card, you'll save 5% every day, in-store and online. Find the red card that's right for you, whether it's debit, credit, or Target's new Red Card Reloadable, which doesn't require an existing bank account or credit check. With Target Red Card, you'll get exclusive deals and free shipping on most items. Visit Target.com slash Red Card to get all the details. It's always a great day to save. Restrictions apply.